welcome into A to Z Sports Prime Time from the Superbook Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising. I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by our friends at TrueMav Fitness, a new way to work out your first class free as a Nashville resident. 45-minute classes, all designed to maximize your fitness potential and available for any fitness level. TrueMavFitness.com to sign up for your first free class. Superbook Sports, where you should be betting on all the action this football season and year-round. They will match your first bet up to $1,000 at Superbook.com. Two Rivers Ford, the best car buying experience in the world, as far as I'm concerned. I may be biased, but Two Rivers Ford is the place that you, me, and everybody else should be going to have the optimal car buying experience. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. And the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage, GaryAshton.com, the intel edge you need to succeed with the official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators and A to Z Sports Primetime. So, Titans win. <laughs> uh, three weeks into the season, felt like uh, it's taken a little longer for that to come about, but, you know, winning is the important thing. 24 to 22. They made it stressful at the end. They did not score a single damn point in the second half, but hey, you know, as long as uh as long as Terrence Mitchell is out there to play defense, you should be fine, right? Wrong. So all these different things go about uh Derrick Henry has a uh, return to form in ways that have to make you feel good. Robert Woods is an active part of the offense when Kyle Phillips was obviously unavailable, Traylon Burks was not an impact player in this game. You got a lot of production specifically out of Woods, Henry, and some clutch catches uh, by Nick Westbrook-Akina, frankly, that I think really puts you in a position to succeed. And Kevin Byard making a game-changing interception in his 100th career start. So, how we go about this, uh, how, how we should start, I suppose, how we should break this down piece by piece this evening for you is quite simply... Of all the things that you saw today and all the different problems that we have discussed at length, how much does today's win help your concerns about the Titans as a whole? It's one sample size. We have three games total to evaluate. None of these three games have been similar uh, other than what, what they clearly struggle with, which is the second half offensively. It's very perplexing how badly... Uh, how badly this uh, this team struggles offensively in the second half, be it adjustments, execution, or otherwise, whatever you want to pin it on, that is a quantifiable thing. But you know, you go through all the list of ills. We've we've talked about Buffalo. They're not as bad as forty-one to seven. We knew that. Uh, they probably should have beat the Giants. Giants make a field goal. We're having a different conversation at two and one than we are at one and two. We know this. Um, Will Tennessee says something that I thought was. Uh, that Mike Vrabel articulated today, the Titans showed some heart and grit today. Yes, Mike Vrabel basically said, yeah, in this league, you got to fight for it. And they went out there and fought for it today. Now, so did the Raiders at the end, very much so. And that is something, the issues that kind of allowed the Raiders to get back into this thing, not kind of, but did allow the Raiders to get back in this thing, with relative ease, shows just how thin the margin for error this team is. But they have a brand of football that they want to play. They played to that style of football far more efficiently today. Play action pass, feeding off Derrick Henry in the running game. They were clicking on all cylinders for at least two quarters. And then, you know, things start to spiral. 
Uh, a miscommunication with Robert Woods and Ryan Tannehill leads to an interception that allows the Raiders to climb back into this thing. The interception doesn't end up going for points, but you understand the point on the whole. And the AFC West, by the way, got dragged by the AFC South today. Chargers beat the or uh, Jags beat the Chargers. Texans did lose to the Bears. Colts took down the Chiefs in Indy, and then of course the Titans handling the Raiders today, who dropped to zero and three. So, how much does it alleviate? Or how many of your concerns does today's win alleviate? It's your Two Rivers Ford take. Let's talk about it here on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. While you do that, I'll tell you that Two Rivers Ford is the place that you need to go this season, during football season, basketball season, baseball season, MLS season, if you like. Two Rivers Ford is the place for you. Not only will they get you the finest of quality American-made Ford vehicles, not only will they offer you one of the state's largest selections, not only will their non-commissioned sales staff not put pressure on you to make the sale because they're making a paycheck whether they sell you a car or not. Two Rivers Ford will offer you great guarantees if you custom order a 2023 model year Ford. If you qualify, they will lock in a 60-month no interest rate, 60-month uh, APR on your 2023 model year Ford if you custom order it through Two Rivers Ford. That's the Explorer like I have, Escape. Bronco, Sport, Mustang, F-150, Edge, they have you covered at Two Rivers Ford. They'll also give you $500 bonus cash uh, for your purchase. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So, how much of the concerns about the Titans were alleviated today by nature of the win? Marco says, good win, but still many concerning issues. Um, Quentin Campbell says, should have kept either Jayon Brown or Rashad Evans. He means Rashawn Evans. Uh, the Falcons, by the way, getting their first win today. Marcus Mariota looks pretty nice uh, working with Arthur Smith now that Marcus has a little better health to him. I don't think it's necessary to keep Jayon or Rashad. I think, uh, or Rashawn, rather. See, I made the same mistake that you did. Rashawn Evans. Uh, Evans was not uh, a net positive, really, in any phase of the game. He was a healthy scratch against the Bengals in the playoffs, if you remember. Um, and there's, you know, the injuries are still something that can be exposed at any point, right? The pass rush or the lack thereof did not bite them today. But when you're allowing Derek Carr to convert fourth and 15 for a 46-yard play, and hell, it might have been 48-yard play. In fact, it was a 48-yard play uh, that uh, that Mac Hollins made on the uh, made on the defense um, of the Titans because of their inability to get pressure. They did sack Derek Carr once. They knocked him down five total times, but still not sufficient enough to keep that Raiders offense at bay. I think when you look at a number of different things, here are here are my general, here is my assessment, okay? One, Derek Henry's fine. Like, it's not that deep. You're going to be okay. Derek's going to figure it out. Derek is, uh, Derek needs more help than he has been getting. He got that help today in the first half. It went a long way, and it felt like Derrick Henry was back. I, Ryan Tannehill basically articulated the same thing. It was good to see him back. But their roster issues up front are not gone by any stretch of the imagination, even though they played well enough to win today. Defensively, um, it is hugely concerning that they think so little of Caleb Farley that a dude that they signed off the Patriots practice squad on Wednesday in Terrence Mitchell was their starting corner instead of Caleb Farley. Christian Fulton, uh, Terrence Mitchell as the outside corners when they were in uh, nickel personnel, 
when they were in their nickel packages, Roger McCreary played on the inside. When they were in base, Roger McCreary went back to the outside. But for the most part, Terrence Mitchell was the starting outside corner. Uh, and they suffered for it because he was certainly not good. I made this note in the article that I wrote for A to Z Sports.com after the game. Uh, I will tell you that Terrence Mitchell, once I went through the targets and the nearest defender on these past completions, Terrence Mitchell allowed eight completions uh, in total. So just for reference, Derek Carr completed 26 passes, uh, 44 attempts, 26 completions, 303 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Okay? So of the 26 completions that Derek Carr made, uh, Terrence Mitchell allowed eight of them. Of the 303 yards that Derek Carr threw for, uh, Terrence Mitchell allowed 107 of them, including the 48-yard catch by Mac Collins on the 4th and 15 from the Vegas 27, just before the two-minute warning. It's the biggest gain of the day by either team, and then did uh, allow the, uh, the equalizing score, what could have been the equalizing score, should they have made the two-point conversion try. Shout out to Dylan Cole and Kevin Byard for making a play out there as opposed to languishing the way that 39 did. So what does it say, though, about Caleb Farley? Because this secondary that we thought had considerable depth and that Roger McCreary was a luxury pick, no, they very much need Roger McCreary to play high-level football as a rookie. And lucky for them, he has done exactly that. Uh, you are seeing uh, you are seeing um, Farley, though. He played one defensive snap because Fulton had a cramp. And... He goes in. He goes in this particular situation, and uh, and uh, I I think that I think that he he just it doesn't seem that the coaching staff trusts him in this circumstance. I think he was the best of their options available against the Bills, and certainly they saw how that went down. Um, they basically had to pull him in the first half, and then he played a considerable amount into the fourth quarter. I do think it's concerning that he's not getting live reps. Um, David Fletcher says Farley's hurt. Well, that's simply not true. Uh, or Karen is asking, is Farley hurt? Uh, David is saying that Farley is hurt. No, that's not correct. Caleb Farley is not hurt at this time. He is healthy. Um, he is available. He is willing, but the coaching staff is looking at the situation and saying, like, eh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know about this. I don't know about this former first round pick. Let's throw it out there. Uh, let's throw it out there and uh, <laughs> let's throw him out there and uh, or let's throw the guy that we signed on Wednesday off the Patriots scrap heap out there. And, you know, if he gets burned, then God help us. But at least we know he can. We know he knows technique. He knows defenses. He knows how to play, allegedly corner, even though the results did not bear that out today. Will Dodson Jr. says, well, damn, when is Molden coming back? Well, he's on IR, so he's required to miss at least one more game. Uh, we'll see what the health status of he, him is. Monty Rice, Racy McMath, uh, Elijah Molden, Taylor Lewan is another one on IR, but he's uh, he's done for the season, as uh, as the initial reporting um, did suggest. Uh, Joseph Mitchell says, "I feel so bad for Farley." You know, I I have moments where, yeah, kind of, but also like. Your job is to figure it out. You're a professional athlete. Like, my sympathies extend only so far. I love Caleb's attitude. I think he works hard. I really do. Um, it's just that it's not up to the standard that they think that he is or he is not capable currently of living up to the standard that they think they need to have. And so they're more, they're content to let 
Terrence Mitchell get eight completions in his direction for 107 yards and the uh, damn near the game tying touchdown should they have made the two-point conversion. I think all of these different things, uh, I think all of these different things come into play. So they have clear and obvious flaws. Today it did not blow up in their face. It damn near did. Uh, Again, you had uh, Dylan Cole, the reserve linebacker, make a pass breakup and have some help from Kevin Byard. And you uh, and you, they have put him uh, or Byard today in his hundredth career start. Did help will them to a win. K. Curry says, "So are we giving Jack Rabbit a call?" I'm going to read you the exact quote about the uh, about the corner situation that Vrabel gave us today, um, as to why he picked Mitchell and why the coaching staff felt that Mitchell was a better option. Quote: Every week is a different week. We've got to find some guys that can go out there and cover, challenge, and compete. We'll keep searching. So I, I don't think Terrence Mitchell is a is a surefire solution. Certainly wasn't today. Uh, we'll keep searching, and we've got some guys there that we'll give another look to this week, alluding to Farley, but also Trey Avery. Um, I don't think that's necessarily just Farley, but I do think um, that they are very much in flux as far as the secondary is concerned. Now, they're not getting pressure, right? Like those problems are made worse by the fact that they're not getting pressure. And we can talk about what the Titans pass rush was able to do without their top three pass rushers here in just a second. First, I will tell you, though, about the fine folks at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. The Ashton Edge is what you will achieve. It's what you will receive when you go to GaryAshton.com. They put me in my dream address without the stress. They will do the same for you. They will help you sell your home for more. Without any showings or stagings, they will help you win the buyer battle and cash in on your home equity now. They've done it for John Robinson. They've done it for John Hines, the head coach of the Nashville Predators. They did it. They've done it for me and so many others here in Middle Tennessee because they live in Middle Tennessee. They love Middle Tennessee. They are actively working for Middle Tennesseans in the community at GaryAshton.com. So uh, the lack of pressure today is concerning. I think that uh, I think that. You know, Rashad Weaver made a couple of nice plays out there as their primary pass rush option. You know, the Bud Dupree and Ola Daney obviously did not play at this point. Um, you are looking at a situation for guys like Derek Tuska, who is not, or at least does not appear to be very good. They had a handful of quarterback hits. I'm uh, flipping through my handy-dandy stat sheet that they hand us at the end of every game, and I'll look at the quarterback hits to be specific. We won't have hurries and total pressures until pro football focus puts them up at some point tomorrow. Uh, So Weaver had two quarterback hits and a sack. uh, The only sack of the day. Uh, Demarcus Walker had a quarterback hit. So he was able to get a little bit of pressure. Simmons really not terribly. I didn't think Jeff in the last two games is not. He's gone unnoticed. Think about that. Jeffrey Simmons in the last two games has largely gone unnoticed. Now, Jeff helps the other guys. Jeff helps create interior pressure to allow guys on the outside to help clean up sacks and to help make plays. But Jeff, with only one quarterback hit today, he did swat a pass down at the line of scrimmage, which is well worth the disruption. So Tart, Simmons, two from Weaver, uh, and one from Walker accounted for five total quarterback hits and one sack. Uh, the Raiders, for reference, I thought they did a, a good job, by the way, protecting Tannehill today. They had also five quarterback hits and one st- one sack, so similar stat lines there. I think Weaver's fine, but I don't think he's, you know, he's not a premium pass rusher by any stretch. 
Uh, Corey D. Jackson says Jeff Simmons was getting doubled and tripled today. Yeah, okay, figured out. You know, like I know that stinks as analysis, and I know that's pretty that's a pretty high bar, but like don't tell me, uh, don't tell me that you are the next best thing absent Aaron Donald and then not be able to split a double team. I see I saw Max Crosby do it several times today. Now he's not by nature a pure pass rusher, and what MB says is correct. Uh, you don't measure a defensive tackle by the stat line. Most open up stuff for others. Yes, I agreed. The interior guys allow the guys behind them to play freely. But again, I say to you, I watched that Bills game. Jeff wasn't that, I mean, Jeff was fine, but he wasn't a difference maker. Today, Jeff was fine, but he wasn't a difference maker. Maybe I'll feel differently after I watch the game back. Uh, I have not yet reviewed the uh, the television copy, and I won't have the All-22 until tomorrow. But this is my thing, okay? Like, he can't, he can't carry himself as if he is the next Aaron Donald and then not be the next Aaron Donald. There are plenty of bad pass rushers that have been made better by Aaron Donald. Rashad Weaver, I'm certain. Harold Landry, I'm certain. Bud Dupree, they have all benefited from Jeff Simmons' presence. I'm not saying that Jeff is, is some scrub out there. That's not, that's not true um, by any stretch of the imagination. And yes, it is. It makes life exponentially harder when you're the guy that they have to stop and they're going to throw all of their protection plans in your direction because you're the biggest threat. But I will say again to you, your job as the next great interior defensive lineman is to figure it out. Bavin Patel with the just the laziest of assessments. Watch the tape, Buck. Simmons is playing at a very high level. He is not playing at a very high level. He is playing at a fine level. He is not playing at an elite level. I'm not here to slander Jeff Simmons. That's you're, You guys are painting me into the wrong corner. But you cannot hit me with watch the tape when literally all I do, other than, I don't, I don't, I spend more time with these dudes than I do my friends, family, loved ones. I don't have a social life because I'm sitting here watching damn tape of interior defensive line snaps. It is unbelievable that the assessment by you would be watch the tape. He's the number rate. He's the rated the number two defensive tackle on PFF so far this year. I don't give a shit about PFF grades. I want to see pressures. I want to see impact plays. Jeff has been fine, but he has not been elite. Do not tell me that he has been elite. He is playing at a fine level. He needs to play better. He is not playing well enough. He did not play well enough for the first two games, even as he was a menace against the Giants. He did not play well enough for them to win a game. It is exceptionally hard for an interior defensive lineman to impact a game quite like that. But again, if the standard is Aaron Donald, and he's the next best thing since Aaron Donald, then play like Aaron Donald. I, I don't think it's that hard. Like, again, we're not, we, this, we're getting down a rabbit hole that I really don't want to spend a bunch of time on because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's the argument between has he been, has he been good or has he been elite? Has he been all pro? Well, of course, that's nonsense. <laughs> like, he is a good player. Of course, this is the assessment. Like, I'm not saying that Jeff sucks. But, oh, my God, this Buck got a little sensitive there. Well, it's just, I think it's a dumb argument. Like, please come in here with PFF grades and then tell me, watch the tape. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I, I swear uh, it is. So not sensitive, frustrated, because I just think there's let, – let me, let me level this out a little bit, okay? I uh, – because you're right. I did get a little – I did get a little hot. That's not uh, – that's not how I want to react in certain circumstances unless there's something truly dumb. What Bavin said was not like outrageously dumb. 
He's just uh, he's just trying to he's he's providing context that he thinks is applicable to the situation, and I am simply trying to and I will back off a little bit in the intensity of it. I am pointing out to him that it is not as simple as the way that he is laying it out. You know what I'm saying? Let's move on because this is a waste of this is a waste of time for everybody. Uh, PFF grades are extremely accurate. Uh, Michael, I, I'm dying to know how, you know, how accurate the PFF grades are. PFF does a lot of really, really good work. And you know, who gets all of the hyper accurate assessments, the teams that pay the most amount of money for them. That's how PFF makes their nut, not by, you know, selling the premium stats to you, me, or everybody with a laptop. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not how it works. Uh, let's, uh, (laughs) let's keep it moving so we don't get bogged down. Um, So, they're not perfect, but they were good enough to win. They probably should have beat the Giants. We all know this. It doesn't need to be relitigated. But as we look at today's product, what is the one thing from uh, from Sunday's game, from this first win, that the Titans have the best chance to continue to improve upon? Let us talk about it together on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. What is the one thing from Sunday that the Titans have the best chance to be able to improve upon. Uh, I'll I'll get into that shortly, but first, Marquise Osborne on YouTube asks, "Buck, what happened to Bud Dupree?" Um, so I, I didn't I I still can't find the play where it happened. Um, but he experienced a hip injury against the Bills. He did not practice at all this week. Mike Vrabel said it's not. They don't consider it to be a long term injury at this point. Uh, I think that uh, I think that there's a lot of stuff. Uh, I think that there's a lot of stuff that the lack of bud impacts, but I, I can't for the life of me find the play where bud got the hip hurt. All of a sudden, you just notice that he's not on the on the screen anymore, on the film anymore. When you go back and watch the Bills game, uh, I think that uh, I think that there's a lot. Anyway, we don't. So bud not available, not ideal. Where can they improve the most? Uh, Leo Menendola or Mendiola, forgive me, Leo, if I've uh, mispronounced it. Uh, getting off the field on effing third down drives me crazy. I almost talked to my wife today about it. <laughs> I almost talked to my wife. Well, I hope you're regularly having conversations with your wife uh, if you are, uh, in fact, in a healthy and functioning relationship. So I hope that the, uh, the <laughs> you mean as opposed to watching football, um, you know, that gets into some toxic masculinity stuff that I don't necessarily have the psychological degrees to address in this forum. But I can sure as if your wife's into PFF grades, I can yell at her about that and make you feel better, Leo. Um, I think that the uh, I think that the third down. Now here's here's where they were great. They were fantastic in keeping the Raiders off the field, the, keeping the Raiders from converting these third downs. It's a uh, it's the lowest. Uh, Leo says not on Sundays. He doesn't. So I, okay, <laughs> very good. Uh, they converted. One of 12 third downs did the Raiders today. Now, 8.3% on third down is not something that I expect them to repeat with regularity. But I do think it is an incredibly effective reason. Now, there were some Darren Waller drops in there that helped them win. There were some Derek Carr incompletions that were questionable. Um, There were some penalties on both sides. Obviously, there's always going to be penalties on both sides that uh, that don't necessarily help the flow of the game for certain. But 8.3% is what they allowed the Raiders to convert today. Again, only one of their 12 third down attempts. Now, I think the best place that they have to improve, I really think that they're going to end up being more effective running the football as the season goes on. Um, 
you know, I think that Dennis Daly for all his woes and pass protection, and I'll be curious to see what the numbers bear out tomorrow when I go, by the way, and check pro football focus, not for grades, but for uh, stats that I know are applicable to the individual's performance. And then, you know, marry that with the film and make an assessment like a rational human being instead of look, just looking at a number and be like, see, he's number nine. He's He's got a 90. Aaron Donald's only a 92. You idiot. I'm still pissed about the watch the tape thing. Jesus Christ. I, <laughs> what do you, what do you, I, I literally only have radio for three hours a day and we spend like 45 minutes a night together. Like, what else do you think I do with my time? I just sit here and watch these godforsaken football teams. Um, but I think that, uh, I think that the fourth down conversion stuff was bad. Uh, you cannot give up the fourth and the fourth and 15. Um, you cannot give up the fourth and 15 to a, uh, to a wide receiver in Matt Collins, who yes, is a big body player. Yes. Who can go up and make a catch. Uh, it cannot happen right before the two minute warning and it cannot ultimately lead to the touchdown that could have tied the game if they had made two point conversion. Now, uh, the Burks play, he should have caught the one on fourth down where they went for it on fourth and three. Um, that was just a bad drop. He only had one catch today uh, in this game. He was not an impact player. Robert Woods, however, though, was an impact player, and I thought that he um, lived up to the hype, not just as an offensive, uh, not just as an offensive tool, but as a special teams asset, just with pure patience to make guys miss on punt returns. Um, I know he did fair catch one and then had a really nice return on the other. Um, I think that uh, I think that there's a lot of different things that the Titans have the ability to improve upon out of this result. I think that their best opportunity, because the penalties were not an issue today, I think that's a big part of it. They kept it clean for the most part. There were some, but not the you know average of eight that they've been committing on uh, you know in every phase. They had a uh, a terrible hold by Joe Jones negate a really nice return by Hassan Haskins, who was out there returning kicks in the absence of Trenton Cannon. Um, and I think that there was a couple of uh, there's a couple of things that they certainly need to clean up. I do think though that on the whole, their pass game was exactly what they needed it to be. It was complimentary. They look today like the way that the Titans should play. Uh, now, like I said, it wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination but they still hung on for the two-point win despite not scoring a point uh, in the fourth or in the third and fourth quarter. Now, here's the thing. Um, Scott Weaver says Hollister needs out of here, Buck. Why? Uh, they, uh, what's, what's wrong with Cody Hollister did nothing today, nothing, to, nothing detrimental. He did nothing wrong today. Um, they clearly like him better than, uh, than Josh Gordon, so you're going to get rid of the guy that they like better than Josh Gordon who was washed when last we saw him and, uh, regular season action with the Kansas City Chiefs, who have probably the best quarterback in football. Uh, maybe Josh Allen is the best quarterback in football. It's between Mahomes and Allen. Um, all three of the guys who, by the way, are considered the best quarterbacks in football, not named, uh, well, four. Tom Brady lost. Aaron Rodgers won in that game that they played against Brady. But Herbert, uh, Allen, and Mahomes, and Brady all lost today. So even the overwhelming quarterbacks uh, can have the situation take taken out of their hands. Um, I think, though, that the most important thing that I took away from this particular game is the explosive plays and the reestablishment of their running game. They have to be able to run the football to have success. You know, they played unconventionally as it relates to most teams, but such is the nature of how they're constructed. 
They played today like the way that they were built to play. Um, and the talent deficiencies, the roster deficiencies, did not manifest them uh, manifest themselves in very, very in noticeable ways. Absent, uh, absent uh, Terrence Mitchell, who did not have a good day. Derickler says you're forgetting Lamar Jackson. Shame on you. Uh, Lamar won. Lamar did win today. Uh, Lamar is Lamar's probably the MVP favorite right now. Um, as they continue, even though uh, the Dolphins are the only team in the AFC, by the way, that's undefeated, worth noting. But yes, the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, that is a bad uh, one to leave out. So thank you for correcting me. Um, so as we as we look at Indianapolis, and we'll certainly have a lot of time to talk about the Colts game, uh, Colts did win today against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Jags beat the holy hell out of the Chargers. Uh, football is weird and, and shit happens and uh, professional athletes can get hot at any time. Who knew that the Colts were going to have the best pass rush in football today? Cause certainly they were given, uh, Patrick Mahomes absolute hell. I'm actually looking forward to go back and going back and watch that, uh, watch that game later on. Uh, Cause I'm curious to see how much of it was impacted by the Colts front and how much was impacted by the fact that Chris Jones got a horrendous penalty. Um, that I thought should never have been called in that situation for apparently saying something very nasty to Matt Ryan that an official overheard. That kind of stinks. Um, so let's uh, we'll keep all those things in mind, and we'll have a lot more time to talk about the matchups. And certainly, when Mike Vrabel has watched the film, we'll do the press conference tomorrow, and we will go through some great some things at great length. Uh, Texans lost to the Bears today. Uh, says Karen O'Keefe. Yeah. Uh, well, yes, you're keep the Texans are the only team in the AFC South now without a win. Colts are one, one, and one. Jags are two and one at the top of the heap, and the Titans are one and two at this point. So let's move on to this is a free site. The best thing that I saw on the internet. Speaking of incredible quarterbacks that lost football games today, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills did lose. Uh, so <laughs> I guess the question that I have to ask you is simply this. Uh, this is a free site. What is the worst coaching freakout that you've ever seen? Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. There's some good ones. They can be at press conferences. They can be on the sidelines. For those of you watch, who watch the Vols in Tennessee game, Billy Napier had a particularly bad freakout uh, in a way in ways that still are inexplicable to me. I need to watch, speaking of watching back television copy, I need to watch back the Vols, the Vols game after uh, witnessing that in person at Neyland on Saturday afternoon. That was wild. But what is the worst coaching freakout that you have ever seen? Because there are many that I think could come to mind, but I don't know that I've ever seen a coordinator in a booth when the camera has caught them freaking out quite like this. So that is the Bills offensive coordinator uh, having a meltdown of his own. He is a, uh, he, uh, now I don't know the circumstance. I just saw the clip. We were all looking at it and laughing before Vrabel came into the press conference because like, I mean, I, you just, you don't see things like this. It's like Tom Brady hammer tossing, uh, hammer tossing the tablet last week. Like, look at the coaches next to him. They're just, they're acting like everything's normal. They're acting like everything's fine. Now, I know it was a close game, and uh, the Bills wanted to keep their undefeated streak going. Uh, the Miami Dolphins, again, as I say, the only undefeated team in the AFC at this point, 
But goodness gracious, was that a tough look for the Bills OC, who just completely loses his mind. Be funny, Ben Hall says, considering how happy he was Monday night. Yes, I'm certain. Um, I wish our OC had that much heart, says Danny Sutherland. Listen, you guys are so, like, if you're still somebody who's watching these games and hammering the Todd Downing, you know, fire Todd Downing train, like, you're just not, you're, you either don't get what you're watching or you're, you are so caught up in your own biases that, uh, that you're beyond help. Now, at a certain point, I'm going to stop trying to help you and stop trying to give you information that would put you in a position to succeed. If you just want to bitch about it, something on the internet, you are more than entitled to do so. But Todd Downing is like, <laughs> Todd Downing may not even be, Todd Downing is maybe like a top 10 problem for the Titans. And I would put him probably 10 or nine on that list of things. It's just, it's just nonsense to look at what they're doing. Uh, and uh, and think that it's still on the offensive coordinator. Uh, Todd will forever be hated. Titans Kyle says, just get out of the way, Buck. I'm sure plenty of people hate their offensive coordinator. Uh, there's a lot. I mean, Raiders fans hate Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels out there calling the plays. Would you rather have Josh McDaniels? You know, that's just, that's what it is. Um, anyway, that's going to do it for us tonight on the Primetime Show. Make sure you're, you're checking out all the great content that's being produced at azsports.com. Or you can check my post-game articles out, uh, some good quotes and information that I brought back from the locker room and from the press conferences. Uh, radio show tomorrow, full reaction, phone calls, 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone. We'll go through it, and we'll be able to break things down in a lot more detail. We'll also have uh, Mike Vrabel's press conference at noon after Mike has watched the film, which is always, I think, the most informative of the Vrabel press conferences. So that will do it for us tonight. Have a great rest of your evening. And we will uh, reconvene again, either at 10 a.m. on the radio tomorrow or at 8 p.m. thereabouts on 104.5 The Zone. See you guys. There's Matt All right, Prater. we haven't scored a point since I came in here. I am gone, guys. What? what? That's but, it? But we got a couple more questions. No, All that's right. it. <laughs> Peace out by the GM. <laughs> <laughs>